Hello and welcome to another episode of Top Calf Transmissions. It's actually, and I, I hate to admit this finally, or to, to, to find out that we've been wrong all these years. We are not what? the only Star Wars podcast. It's come to my attention that there is at least two other ones. Oh yeah, so, Gus and Imogen. You mean? Yeah, each of those is a Star Wars podcast. You don't have kids, you have podcasts. Yeah, little potties. That's what we call them. Little hmm. potty. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I am Corey, <laughs> and joining me is my usual co-host, Mr. Eckhart Slatter. How are you doing, Justin? Can't complain. Can't complain. And joining us once again for, I think, the third episode in row, in row, is Charlie. So welcome back, Charlie. Thank you for having me. I, I understand the dislikes isn't really helping the channel with me being on it, but I no. appreciate the third one. Yeah, we actually got kicked off Spotify because yeah, we're the, being accused of of hosting an incel podcast. Yeah, this is the last time he's actually going to be on, so don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, you make one statement of, about, about Tinder, and then everyone calls you an incel. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we are here to talk about two things mainly tonight. We have, of course, the usual Mandalorian recap and breakdown. But last night there was a lot of Star Wars knees knees. Knees that we're gonna give. Exarkin. <laughs> Exarkin is joining us. Uh, but yeah, so we are talking about the second to last episode of season two of The Mandalorian, as well as all the shows and the new movie that was announced last night in the Disney Investor presentation. Uh, which I think that's a that's a magical a magical phrase for a yeah for a way to I announce. I remember when I was a kid, and the first time my dad told me about the Disney shareholder teleconference, and well, it wasn't a teleconference this time, but just the Disney shareholder conference, the investor conference. It used to light my little heart up with joy, and I'm glad that the magic still is alive as an adult now. Yeah, just like pick a different term. If, you, if you're <laughs> going to have it exposed to the public, pick a different term. Right? But, like, uh, it's, it's just, it was basically a, a news dump. Like, just call it news dump. Call it Star Wars <laughs> news dump. Yeah, just say Disney takes a big dump. Yeah. Uh, so... Charlie, did you watch all of the announcements, or are you just aware of them from... I know you're aware of them all from, like, other postings, but did you watch the actual presentation? No, I didn't. No. Okay. Uh, so, I don't know why he's on this podcast, Justin. Yeah. Piece of shit. Did you watch the presentation, uh, Corey? Yeah. Uh, you just told, you told me earlier you didn't. I didn't earlier, but then I watched it because I knew I'd be doing oh, a podcast okay. about it. Wow. <laughs> it's this thing about time, is that you can spend it doing things. But uh, but yeah, so I I don't know if the if the version that I was able to find and watch was actually different from what was shown because there were a few points where they were talking about like showing part of it, but I imagine that was just for the in person or investor yeah. people, and yeah. then they had pointless trivia over like the Obi Wan mm -hmm. uh, sneak peek and yeah. whatever else they were doing for that. Mm -hmm. No, but, that's that's what most of us got online as well. Yeah, so uh, so we did get a bad batch trailer. We got. Uh, was that the only? We got some footage of Cassian or yeah. Andor, rather. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I guess we should start by just kind of going over the I believe nine shows that were announced plus Mandalorian season three, yeah. uh, and then one new movie. Unless you want to count the talking about Taika's movie, uh, which we at least got confirmation was still going because there's been a lot of Star Wars projects that have been ambiguously in progress for a while. 
Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering what's happening with the Ryan Johnson trilogy now, whether that's still happening or not. That's yeah, I think the big question I have after the after the because there's been so much like I don't want to say anxiety, but so much I will use that word over whether it's happening or not. So I'm kind of surprised that I don't know. I guess I'm surprised it's so ambiguous. Yeah, was the so there was a another series that was spoken about before was that was that actually acolyte that had this with leslie headland so, attached and there was another yeah. show that was out before yeah uh, so it's the acolyte headland one was known and cassian's been known for a while yeah and kenobi's obviously been known yeah was it was it maybe the rogue squadron movie that we knew about in the taika movie we knew about taika's movie i don't think the rogue squadron movie has been known uh, except for like maybe just in general that there was another movie that was coming out, but this is uh, I maybe we should start with with the Rogue Squadron movie because there is just mm. one movie that was announced. But uh, mm-hmm. well, we, movie we got <laughs> for those who weren't aware, Taika Waititi uh, is also doing a movie. Uh, this has mm. been announced for quite some time, but he's behind like Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. He's done Mando stuff. He's as done well. a few of the Mando episodes. He was the voice of IG Eleven. Uh, basically I've been a fan of everything he's done. Yeah. So I'm really, we also got, uh, a rogue squadron film that's being helmed by Patty Jenkins, who did uh, the wonder woman movie. And this, the thing we know about this is that it's set. I believe it's going to be Kathleen Kennedy said <laughs> ushering in a new period of star Wars. So yeah. the implication there being potentially that it's taking place after rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's that's the bit of controversy there because, and that's the conversation I've been having with people on Twitter, because it is a T sixty five X wing. Um, first of all, I just want to say, people were right, but for the wrong reasons. A T seventy five or a T a T seventy five, the engines look pretty similar from the back. The real difference is where the the, the lasers are connected to the wingtips. But anyway, um, the fact that she used a T sixty five in her uh, little video she made and that there's a t65 in the logo i don't think is determinative of anything for one they could be using new x-wings sorry I, did, I just love the idea the little video that she made like it's it's kathleen kennedy and the editors like, they're gonna love my presentation <laughs> she's just like that's the wrong x-wing <laughs> jesus christ but yeah but, as i was saying i, I don't think the fact that the X-Wing has appeared is really determinative of anything. I just think it's kind of the yeah. most iconic shape they had. Um, it actually looks a lot like the X-Wing from, I forget one of the Star Wars Legends reference books, is, but I'm kind of wondering if that's where they got the PNG from. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess on top of those, we'll talk a bit about uh, more depth for any of them. That there, was not, there wasn't a lot of information for all of them, uh, but at least... We have a rough outline for most things, but mm-hmm. for the show end, there was Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, both mm-hmm. being helmed by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, that are kind of spinoffs yeah. of The Mandalorian. Obviously, there's going to be Mandalorian spoilers in this podcast. There's going to be a yes. recap of the most recent episode. If you are worried about that, leave now. Don't even watch Birio Kart later because Charlie will have you covered yeah, there as well. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> We yeah, shouldn't. They talk- we shouldn't be mean to Charlie on this podcast because people don't know that we know him and that this is just what we all do to each other. Yeah, mostly um, what we do to Charlie. Yeah, 
So Charlie did spoil it, but that's okay. It happens. Um. Uh, yeah, so Ranger of the New Republic and Ahsoka are kind of spinoffs of The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm not sure if Ranger of the New Republic, is that supposed to be like the follow-up to what Kara would have been doing in, as a rebel? Not necessarily if, including Cara Dune, or is it going to be like the X-Wing pilot? No, not yeah. the two we saw, because I think Dave Filoni is going to be starring in a in a series. No. I mean, I don't think Dave Filoni will be, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Kim's Convenience actor showed up, because he's yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, they talked about how these three series are going to like come together for some big event. And I'm hoping after that happens that the Mandalorian continues because my fear is that the big event is what the Mandalorian is leading to. And then it's just it. But I think if they're smart, that'll just be kind of the first, you know, plot arc of the show. And then they can yeah move on. Yeah, I think there's still a lot because if it's leading up to some sort of crossover with Ahsoka and uh, Rangers of the New Republic, uh, then I don't know if we'd have in eight episodes enough to handle all of the like Mandalore related plot lines that seem to be coming up uh, mm-hmm. that are more likely to be get handled in the Mandalorian. So I could see it being a thing where Mandalorian does continue for a season four. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be strange for a show made for a streaming platform to have three seasons and be canceled uh, or just not canceled to end at that point. Cause that's how Netflix typically does it. And I'd assume they have data on that that shows audience retention after three seasons and a lot of these shows tend to be uh mm-hmm. being put forward as like a, a 12 episode or 10 episode special series uh for disney plus right no that's a good point and i'm i mean i, I hope it goes on for longer because i'm really enjoying it but if they can find a good way to end it i mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we'll get more of the characters somewhere i'm kind of curious though where the rebels because We've been saying, or we've been hearing for a long time that there's going to be an animated Rebels sequel. Not just a Rebels sequel, an animated Rebels sequel. Mm -hmm. Even if that wasn't the thing, I don't see how a show called Ahsoka fills that gap. Because Ahsoka's in Rebels, but she's not really the focus of Rebels. And I don't think you wrap up a show that has all of those characters in one titled Ahsoka, if that makes sense. Like, it's just... It's, it, it seems weird to me that Ahsoka would be that sort of continuation of the story. Obviously, it's going to be part of what's going on, but I don't know. Um, I kind of, ex- I did expect there to be, you know, Rebels 2, Resistance Boogaloo or whatever it's called. <laughs> I think it'd be unfair to the series to, to have it be such a strong tie-in with Rebels when it could do so well as a standalone. Well, yeah. Sorry, Charlie, I forget from last time. I think I asked you then, but you haven't, you haven't seen all of Rebels, right? I haven't seen all of Rebels nor all of Clone Wars, no. But I have a, a relatively basic understanding. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, name every Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can't do that, but I can name every droid. Okay. No, no. <laughs> do you? Uh, so, do you have any thoughts then on whether this would be? Because uh, this is obviously just the 2020 investor presentation. Mm-hmm. We have a whole 2021 investor presentation to look forward to. And this seems to just be the stuff that is both in product on the TV side, at least in production now and likely to show up with in the next year mm-hmm. to some extent. The, well, the, some the, of it, like, the, sorry, Charlie, go ahead. I was going to say, just to clarify for that question, for the Ahsoka TV show, Mm-hmm. Um, what what characters I expect to be in there? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm assuming that there would be like a 
uh, a, a connection with some of the rebel characters we've seen in um mm-hmm. uh, with like bo katan yep. in what was the episode called i forget the name uh the Terrace. the Aerith. yeah we got that i think i wouldn't be surprised if there might be some form of a crossover with the mandalorian actually just to yeah. create that mm-hmm. mcu style universe that they're clearly gunning for they did basically mm-hmm. announce uh when it came in that it would be in the time period of the mandalorian and mm-hmm. uh kind of crossover with it so mm-hmm. like we can assume that the show is going to be about like ahsoka's search for thrawn uh which mm-hmm. does seem to cover kind of what we would expect from from a rebels sequel series so which is you nice, think maybe it started means... off as being a rebels 2 animated that turned into this or i don't know because I mean... a live action series is a bit more of a, an undertaking for yeah, that and maybe they just saw there was enough interest in mandalorian did well enough that that plan shifted into ahsoka i mean i, I tend to think no because i mean a live action undertaking is a lot of work but i mean so is an animated one and i, I find it hard to believe that they would just so, such radic- uh, radically change plans based on shooting one season of the mando and unless they knew like unless the rebels animated sequel was never a thing um, but I mean, when I look at these, not all of them are coming out. Like Rogue Squadron comes out 2023. I don't think we have a date for like the Acolyte or Ahsoka or Rangers. Well, this is Obi-Wan... stuff that's all in active production or or stated to come out in the next year. Uh, yeah. Movies typically have a longer lead up anyways. So mm-hmm. when it comes to something like the uh, a Rebel sequel series, maybe the idea was around and that's the form it was going to take before mm-hmm. the Mandalorian took off the way it did. Uh, but that could have turned yeah. into... Uh, live like i'm sure there will be some people who are thinking like oh because people responded positively to ahsoka and the mandalorian that's what happened but yeah no that that is definitely not the case that was two weeks ago but yeah i mean like obi-wan hasn't even started filming yet like a lot of this is weird because of covid as well Mm. um i think i believe it was supposed to have started filming pretty recently but now they've moved it yeah uh, to january but yeah i mean all in all the each of these shows seems interesting. I think Rangers of the New Republic for me personally, out of, I mean, Ahsoka's good. I, I think Ahsoka's pretty much guaranteed to be great. And I had felt when I watched The Mandalorian, I, I kind of feel like Rosario Dawson has, that was not her first time in the character because she had lots of little nuance that I thought was really good for her first kind of experience. Like even when fighting or like there was some little facial movement she made that she made that made me feel like, okay, she's definitely been doing this for more than just this one episode, whether they filmed or not. Um, which I think was was also kind of obvious. I'm I'm worried though because with what Corey mentioned about how this show might be her searching for Thrawn, I was totally expecting this to be in the Mandalorian. Like I was expecting her to find Thrawn, uh, in the Mandalorian season three. So now this puts it back up in the air of like, are we even ever gonna see? Is that just a minor? preview of what's going to be in the ahsoka series or is it actually going to be in season three of the mandalorian i feel like there's there's so much other stuff that's going to be going on Mm. with the mandalorian that like i was never thinking that was going to be part of the mandalorian i was kind of hoping that wouldn't be part of the mandalorian because i feel like that would detract from like maybe gideon's stories connected to thrones and it seems like that's kind of likely the direction it's going but having i feel like trying to put ahsoka's hunt for thrawn within the mandalorian either shoehorns too much of that plot into what the Mandalorian is doing or doesn't give that plot, which could be very interesting on its own right, 
enough space to breathe because it would have to mm-hmm. be like two little part episodes in the Mandalorian. And I think that wouldn't do Thrawn justice in the way that I think a lot of people would want. And I think having something that is focusing on him uh, as kind of the primary antagonist works a bit better. Yeah, you're right there. I yeah, agree. I'm actually a little relieved that this has happened because, for one, it doesn't mean that Thrawn will never be in the Mandalorian. But like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he appears maybe just as you know uh, for a second or whatever else, or just as a kind of a, a greater force. But it does mean Thrawn doesn't need to be handled in the Mandalorian, which I think is good because it's not really the appropriate yeah. show for him. So I think it's good that they've kind of set all of these shows up to kind of because that way you got the Mandalorian story, which is kind of hinting at all these interesting things. And but now and this is kind of what we talked about before the season, what we predicted as well, that it would probably introduce some things and not fully um, kind of deliver on them in a way or it would, it would yeah. be tie in for other shows. I didn't expect it to be so many live action shows, which is kind of exciting. But uh, but yeah, well, just on to kind of finish the topic of like a rebel, a potential rebel sequel. What characters do we kind of have, uh, assuming it would have been a standalone thing that that are unaddressed? Like Ahsoka and Thrawn, you could classify as rebels characters uh, mm-hmm. that are going to be handled within this. Uh, then you have Ezra, whose fate is unknown. Um, Sabine, Sabine, who could easily fit very well into the Mandalorian. Uh, because I mean, we've got like Callus and, Je- and Je- Zeb as well. Like, we don't really know. We, we know they kind of go off, and like, I feel like they're probably lovers. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I guess the. And then the Ezra's big... fate, which is yeah, Ezra, probably tied to whatever happens with Thrawn. I mean, honestly, Ahsoka is the, the big one because she's the kind of most popular cara- character of that era. And, uh, we don't know whether she's alive or dead by the time of, you know, episode nine yeah um so she's the big one but i mean we don't know what happened we know kind of a bit more about Hera. we don't know very much about sabine we know nothing about ezra and thrawn well that's what i'm so. thinking with range of the new republic could that end up being where Hera's story goes as the other kind of primary character and then within the rebels group you kind of have some tie-ins to the mandalorian but you have half of them kind of showing up primarily in ahsoka and the other half primarily going from range of the new republic because yeah. It's both are Favreau and Filoni, uh, mm-hmm. and Filoni tends to have like his dedicated arcs that he's focusing on. So having those three shows that are kind of tied together in that way, I think it would make sense that this is where we're going to get a lot of the the mm-hmm. next stage in the stories for those Rebels characters. Because like you can't really have Rebels two in the New Republic. It'd have to be it'd have to be something different. They're not a rebel cell anymore. Hera has been in command of the new Republic forces for a while or not all of them, but in a significant amount of them, or she's been high up within the new Republic for a while. Ezra's in a space whale. Sabine is doing Mandalorian things. Ahsoka's off like with her fate unknown kind of until, uh, until this point. And it, I think it'd be very difficult to have a rebels too and have them all be together and not mm-hmm. feel like it's contrived just for the show to exist. Whereas what we have here are some potential for interconnected shows, still keeping them all within the areas that it would kind of make sense for their stories to progress to, but no, you're, at least being shown. I mean, I've just heard, and I've heard pretty reliably, 
that this is that there is a Katie Sackoff um slash Cara Dune show. Um so I assume that's what this is, right? Like it's gotta be. Hmm. But I don't know. Like I Yeah. I do think uh Corey's gonna win this bet now because I think Ezra is a much higher chance to be the Jedi that will uh, come to the calling of Grogu, and that could tie in quite nicely with Ahsoka. It doesn't hurt his chances for sure. Yeah, mm. and was it what ten thousand dollars that we decided each for that bet? Uh, I can just about muster that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess we we should probably move on. The yeah. try to at least get through the rest of them, and then maybe at that point say what are what we're looking forward to most. Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, so. The next show that we that got announced is Andor, which is the Cassian show that we've all known is kind of coming for, I think, a year or two now, at least that yeah, it's been public knowledge. Uh, mm -hmm. We did get a little bit of uh, a preview for that. There was some, some Rogue One art. stuff, but there was some also yeah. concept art. And we saw them kind of doing some of the pre-production work. Looks good. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. There was a Venator workshop that we kind of saw yeah. there. It looked and like... There's been a couple of both Andor and Bad Batch looked like yeah. uh, you were visiting the planet from Fallen Order. From Fallen, yeah. Uh, cool. And even uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, into today's Mando episode and where Bill Burr was being picked up from. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we got basically it's being uh, directed by Tony Gilroy or written by mm -hmm. Tony Gilroy. And the, the only other note I had for it was spy thriller, Venator Workshop uh but yeah so rogue one i have uh factually and correctly stated that rogue one is at least a top two star wars movie uh so i'm really excited for that but yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it i'm i'm interested uh it's it's probably one of the ones that i'm least excited about but i would have said the same thing about the mandalorian mm -hmm. um like i don't know there's a story to be told there. And one thing I'm kind of learning is that a lot of these shows, and I think the show for me that had the biggest 180 in terms of not being excited to being excited is uh, Bad Batch. And I think like the Cassian show could be like that. I, I guess I was focusing too much on it telling Cassian's story, but really it's just the fact that Cassian's there for like all the shit that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think it could be good. So uh, I guess we'll skip to bat. We'll skip Kenobi. Go to Bad Batch. Now, Charlie, did mm. you see the the trailer for that? For the Bad Batch. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did just once though, so it's going to be so, quite vague in my heart. Well, just as someone who wasn't that engaged with Clone Wars, did you watch season seven though? Uh, no, I see. I'm limited in the sense that I I literally just watched so many certain scenes. From the show, uh, I never wanted to invest my time into a show with seven seasons and well, start on season seven. That's perfect. For what I'm going to ask them, like, what was what were your impressions having just seen the trailer? Not like specifically your thoughts on individual scenes, but like, did you have a sense from having seen that that like that was a thing that you would want to watch or not? Uh, as someone who hasn't really been engaged with the Clone Wars, mm, if I'm going to be brutally honest, and I think some people might hate me for it, no. Okay. Not, not really. Um, but I can understand why some people will enjoy it anyway. Right. Uh, so but, yeah. 
you're you're on the opposite side of that though, Justin, where you weren't excited, yeah. but this trailer has made you excited I for mean, that. In everything but name, and only, I mean, we get the allusion to this in the title. This is Clone Wars season eight. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it fades yeah. away from the Clone Wars logo into Bad Batch. I thought it was going to be further in the future. It seemed like the Bad Batch was going to like the initial. I don't know if this was a leak or a very, very. I think it was this was a very brief excerpt we got on Disney.com or sorry, StarWars.com. Um, basically saying that it was going to be them as like mercenaries or something or or in the it just didn't really interest me but this is basically yeah it's clone Wars season eight um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm a lot more excited after i thought it was a good trailer for for clone wars fans see um, yeah i'm, I'm kind of more on charlie's side here where uh i didn't think i'd be excited beforehand and this trailer will like i don't think it looks like a bad show i think it's going to do what it's setting up to do very well but I wasn't thinking it would be my kind of show, and the trailer kind of just confirmed to me that it's probably not going to be my type of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, I I wasn't a big fan of the Bad Batch arc in in season seven. That was probably my least favorite of them, mm-hmm. and like I don't really like the characters. I've never been an A Team fan, and it really is just like animated A Team in Star Wars. Uh, so like I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm not going to hate it or anything, but it's. If I were to pick like all the ones that got announced, uh, probably it and a droid story are my least <laughs> least looking for or least anticipated of them. Yeah, I mean that that's fair. I, I get I get where you're coming from. For me, like you could call it's like I was thinking you could call the Clone Wars, you know, the five oh first as a as a TV right. show. And I'm kind of imagining that's what the Bad Batch might be like. Obviously, this, the scale will be different because it's not the Clone Wars anymore. It's the much more like subdued time. There's not this, you know, galaxy spanning conflict or whatever else. But I don't know. I, like we saw what apparently is um, Commander Cody in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. I, I I think the squad itself it is not the most interesting kind of group we've ever had in Star Wars, which is why I was sort of leaning the same way as you before the trailer uh came out but yeah i just i i just got this just felt like clone Wars season eight um but if, if you're less interested in the characters and there are no jedi at this point um you know i i can see why why you might not be yeah like i'm interested well. i'm definitely interested in seeing some of the stuff like oh what happens to cody in the early days of the empire or some of these other characters but when the core of the show and kind of the intended genre of the show is so f- so far outside of what I would normally look for, uh, it's just it's not something that I'm as excited for. Mm-hmm. But I think that does get to the point that like one of the cool things about this is where on the one hand, I could see a very reasonable point being like there are t- nine or ten Star Wars shows that are going to be going on. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh and is that oversaturation? But I think if you look at all of them, they're all kind of doing something different. Where yeah. maybe the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic probably aren't going to be super different from each other. But it's kind of just like these different genre takes using the Star Wars universe to tell a different story. And I think that's one of the things that Star Wars can do really well is... And it might even expose people to new genres that they might not usually give a chance to. Yeah, um, yeah and I mean... There's a, a different audience for the the Bad Batch. Like the the Bad Batch audience will be more 
kind of concentrated on hardcore Star Wars fans, just like the Clone Wars was, than something yeah. like Mando or presumably something like Ahsoka. Um, so I think there's room for both. And I mean, we we do even see some some tie over, some tie over between Mandalorian and Bad Batch because we got a shot of who's almost almost certainly Fennec Shand in the Bad Batch teaser. Um, yeah. And we got what looked like even earlier generation dark troopers, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to clarify, though, despite me saying that I, I it didn't initially catch on with me. I do think it's going to do its job very well. And I and it kind of like it goes brings it back to the point I made in the previous episode where it's the Clone Wars or the, you know, the, the, the prequel trilogy was it is associated a lot more to a generation younger than us that they, 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 they grew up with that, that original with those three uh, films and in the clone wars TV show. So the bad batch is definitely going to resonate more with them while mm. for us, it's, it, you know, like the original trilogy is probably going to have resonate with us more than the, uh, the, the prequels. So I think, yeah, you're right. It is going to hit a, a certain niche that isn't necessarily uh, us, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is for me because I'm a Clone Wars fan, but yeah, I think I, I, we I basically we are that generation, really. Uh, yeah. But maybe mm. for the younger, the generation like right below us, where they're the yeah. age that they were the age when the Clone Wars 2008 came out, that we were mm. when uh, when the prequels came out, because there is a there's about a ten year difference there, yeah. uh, eight to ten years, which probably not a full generation, but maybe a bit. A bit younger but I, I think i think the big thing is just the genre rather than mm -hmm. uh I, I, for me at least is the genre rather than the yeah uh, part of it is also OT. The, yeah i mean i wasn't a fan of the clone wars really until i started my youtube channel because i just kind of writ, wrote it off as as uh like a, a kid show which right. i think a lot of people did and then I got to watching it. I'd watched like a few seasons before and I was kind of into it. And then I started watching it more and I was like, okay. Um, but I mean, we also have to consider too that a lot of these shows are going to be limited uh, or, you know, smaller runs. Like mm -hmm. Kenobi's probably going to be like six episodes. Lando, I've heard, is a limited run. Um, so I can see The Bad Batch being one of those shows that's not a limited run where it's something like, you know, a Rebels or a Clone Wars where it goes on from like four to six episodes or four to six seasons. So I do think it is good for them to have kind of a mix. It, it could also be one of those shows where instead of putting out six or eight episodes a season, they're putting out like 20 or 18 or whatever. Mm. Well, it is worth noting, I think, that like of these 10 shows that they're going to have active, four of them are set uh, essentially in the time between episode three and episode four in a very similar period, where mm. I think that's the case, or at least three, where it's Kenobi... Bad Batch and uh, and Andor, uh, with Andor be being a bit later, but Lando is the fourth one that I, I was less sure of exactly mm -hmm. what's going on with that. But I think it is. Like mm -hmm. I, I saw your tweet, uh, which I thought was a really cool idea. Of uh, well, do you want? I assume you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, my idea for the show, and this I don't think this is my original idea. This is like been suggested by many people, okay. but. Lando, I only follow you on Twitter, so I... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was the only one who, 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 who... Like, I didn't steal this from someone, but I'm sure that I got this idea through Osmosis or something. Mm -hmm. But the interesting idea to me is have Billy D. Williams um, basically telling stories from his youth, which are then acted out by young Lando. And I, I don't know, I think that would be 
that would be really fun. And yeah. and the good thing about that is it, it'd be kind of like the old Lando Calrissian trilogy where the the stories themselves can be a little more over the top. They don't need to be um, strictly canon, which, you know, if Lando's telling a story, then there's kind of the assumption that, okay, he, there's some exaggeration there as well. Um, Let me tell you about the mind harp of Shark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. F- Flame winds of Oceon, whatever else. Um, but I, th- I think Lando maybe, yeah. So they call the Lando Calrissian show an event series, which indicates that it's probably only, only going to be a few episodes. Yeah. So it could be four, four adventures or something. Yeah. So, sorry, Charlie. Oh, no, no, no. Carry on. Carry on. I was just going to move on to Kenobi there. So if you have anything you wanted to add in with the Lando discussion, if there's anything you're looking forward to there. Nope. Uh, have you seen Solo? Have you seen... I haven't uh, seen Solo. That's one. That's the only one I've not seen of all of the more recent um, hmm. post-Disney films. Um, I've just got the... So the StarWars.com page has been updated a little bit. What interesting about so like I mentioned just a second ago, a lot of these shows are called limited or whatever else. Um, so some of them, the Bad Batch is specifically called an animated series, which to me indicates length. Um, the Acolyte is a series. Or no, the Acolyte isn't uh isn't mentioned. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh Andor is a show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Lando is a event series so again indicating that it's short uh rangers of the republic is a live action series indicating that it's probably going to be you know a, a couple of seasons but ahsoka is a limited series so probably mm. just one season of like five or six episodes so to me that's indicating that that's not the rebel sequel right um maybe the rebel sequel comes after that but uh Yeah, uh, I think the droid a droid story was also limited series. I feel like you're really leaving out a droid story mentions on your recaps here, Justin. And I I don't know I don't know if I can take that anymore. Yeah, I mean I I am I think that I'm really actually going to like that one because I like Star Wars droids. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I I'm all for like like different animation, so. Is so is it, a droid story animated? I thought it was live action. It's like uh, it's live. No, it's like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be like stop motion or something. Is hmm. it's like oh. it talks about an intersection of animation and okay, the I intersection of animation and visual effects. Uh, whatever that means. So the other series that we haven't talked about yet are Kenobi, Visions, and Acolyte. Let's talk about Kenobi first, uh, mm-hmm. which I think they said was ten years after. Uh, after Revenge of the Sith. So it puts it basically directly between uh, oh, between that. episode four and episode three. I, I might have misheard mm-hmm. it, but I think that's what she said. Uh, they confirmed Hayden Christensen is going to be in as Darth Vader, uh, which yeah. I think we, has been suspected and like uh, roughly confirmed for a while, but this is like the first time I think we've gotten an official con- confirmation of it. It's mm-hmm. starting to, to finally go into actual production in March. This has been delayed multiple times, COVID being the prime factor there, I yeah. think. And it is being directed by Deborah Chow, who I believe did a few of the Mandalorian episodes in yeah, season two of the one. Best I episodes. forget which ones. Episode three and episode seven. Episode three is like the, the one where he's fighting back to get Baby Yoda. And then episode seven 
where we get introduced to Moff Gideon in the flesh. Right. So two really good ones. Um, and yeah, this is also another one of those special event series, so probably not going to be as long as even something like Ahsoka. This is something that could very easily be like three episodes or four episodes, mm-hmm. uh, or or up to six. But I am hoping that they, because Hayden is coming back, I hope they don't just stuff him in a suit the whole time. I think it'll be a big waste if we don't get some sort of flashback scenes. I, like I think we need to have flashback scenes yeah. throughout there. Uh, I mean Hayden and like Hayden and Ian McGregor both still look. Yeah, you know, they oh, age. They don't even very need... well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. You don't even need makeup for them. Um, or sorry, you don't even need CG. Just a little bit of makeup, if that, and you're good. Yeah, like Ewan's what fifty now, and he's really that old? Yeah, he's fifty. He's you could tell me 40. he's thirty five, and I'd be like, yeah, he, he's thirty five. And Hayden isn't that much younger. Yeah, he's forty. He's, 40 right? Yeah, and like I, they, they both look very similar to what they did in mm-hmm. episode three. Um, Is he forty nine? Uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor yeah. is yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Kristen, Kristen is. He's uh, 39. 40. Yeah. 39, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but you mean Hayden Christensen? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but don't want to get flamed. <laughs> Kennedy said something about like an epic about a rematch, and I, I feel like that was just having them both on the same show. I don't think we're expecting a lightsaber duel between Obi Wan yeah. and and Luke. Or Obi Wan and Luke between Obi Wan and Darth Vader, but the other thing I'm kind of wondering is, do we see a young Luke in this? Because Obi Wan yeah. is hanging out on Tatooine, and your old Luke. And is yeah. this how we introduce a, a? Well, how old? Uh, yeah, I guess he he would be about be ten eight. or eleven. Yeah, ten because you said I think he's it's isn't look like twenty two and he's eighteen in yeah, episode episode. Yeah, so he's eighteen in episode uh, episode four. Yeah, so eight years before that, he'd be ten or so. Um, yeah, I, I think they definitely have young Luke in that. Um, probably just from the distance, though, kind of like we got in some of those old Star Wars EU comics. Um, yeah, yeah. So like we we basically the plot is we see all these times that Obi Wan comes over to the to the Lars household for dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. gets kicked out maybe we'll find out some information on why uh why yeah, tatooine I'll... makes people age so horribly whether it's boba obi-wan <laughs> the larses <laughs> they could probably bring back the i was just thinking about it. They, they could probably bring back the actors who played like everyone on tatooine from the prequels and it'd probably work now yeah because the aging would be <laughs> not the not the original trilogy no but... like the like the aunt beru from like <laughs> 2005 What's her name? Let me see. Aunt Beru, actress. Uh, yeah, like she's she's thirty seven, so mm-hmm. she looks. I'm looking at a picture of her. She looks. She actually kind of grew up. Her name is Bonnie uh, Pice, P I E S S E. She kind of grew up to look like Aunt Beru, like. George, you kind of nailed it, buddy. I I doubted you a bit, but good job. <laughs> but like, I I've tweeted about this, but like Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison right now is pay, playing Boba Fett at the same age, and Boba Fett being a clone of Django, playing mm-hmm. him at the exact same age that Django was in Episode Two when he was playing him twenty years ago. <laughs> That's so wild. I mean, Ian McDermott also 
was like what, yeah, in his but thirties. <laughs> he was he was yeah. in like heavy makeup to look like a wrinkly old dude. Uh, whereas like yeah, we just have more and more confirmation that Tatooine ages you like shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is a bit rough. Um, and I'm not saying that Timura Morrison aged poorly. I'm just saying that obviously he doesn't look the same at 60 as he did at 40. Uh, no. There's 20 years in there. No. No, you're right. I think for a 60-year-old, he still looks great. But oh, for a 40-year-old, he, he, he doesn't. He kicked all of our asses at the same time. Yeah. Just to be clear, Timur, if you're listening, we, we, we don't have any shade. I've been I've been defending the the you for the fat boba thing in person. Everyone I meet, they're like, "Oh, you see Boba Fett's looking a little chunky." I was like, "He was putting arm over a robe, yeah." Like he's got a robe on. That's not what a dad bod is. Like he's <laughs> in good shape. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we we should probably go a bit faster through the last ones, uh, where we have Star Wars Visions. There's not really much to talk about there. It's going to be ten anime studios doing ten yeah. episodes. Uh, it's be various. Vignettes. I'm really I'm excited for that. So yeah. excited for that one. Uh, Authentic we... Japanese animation too. They said so. Like mm-hmm. not not my favorite anime, King of the Hill, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like Rick and Morty actually did that. They uh, they tried to make uh, something like that, and it was the best <laughs> episode they've ever made. In my I, I didn't understand it. I don't. My IQ was too low. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be that's gonna be cool. Maybe we'll, oh maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll get like another uh, classic Clone Wars episode. Uh, I I know what's his name is not Japanese, but at least I don't think he is. No. Uh, then there's a droid story, which we've made a few references to, where it's a new hero doing a story with R2-D2 and C-3PO. Uh, and the final show is Acolyte, which is a mystery thriller by Leslie Headland. Uh, and this is going to be closing the High Republic era. So this is actually mm-hmm. about 200 years before uh, the rest of it. Two, uh, 300 years? I forget. But I mean, the end of the High Republic era. Yeah, we that's don't. I... That could be. I'm guessing we see Plagueis in this one. That's my big. Uh, that's my big theory. Apparently, I just wikied it. Apparently, the High Republic era ends around 100 BBY. So th- we could have a Darth Plagueis here, because um, yeah. Acolyte obviously. Scream Sith, right? So yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess with all that said, is there a show that you guys are looking forward to most and least of all these? Mm. And let's throw in, let's not include Rogue Squadron in that as a movie, because I feel mm-hmm. like that would be skewing things. But can I modify that question a little bit? Because this was a question I was going to ask. Um, no, it is okay. No. Um, so my favorite and least. Go for it. <laughs> Uh, what will be your uh, most enjoyable for you in the list? The most, the least enjoyable for you, and the dark horse that might be the most successful out of all of them. Successful in that you'll enjoy it the most, or successful as in um, it'll successful be the most for everyone, the not not particularly just for you, because okay. then that will just be oh, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, for for example, I think the most successful, uh, the the one that I will enjoy the most is probably Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. the one that I will least enjoy, um, is probably going to be, uh, it's probably going to be droid story or, uh, uh, the bad bit, bad batch. <laughs> the bad <Yeah>. bitch. Um, 
And uh, I think the Dark Horse is going to be uh, Visions. I think that's also going to be something I super enjoy as well. Yeah, that's going to be sick, I think. Like, that's let's just show... I always advocate for more, like, non-connected stories. Like, one-off stories in Star Wars are awesome. More of those would be good. Um, for me personally... That's a question to chat, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah, question for chat as well and podcast listeners. For me personally, I think my, my least... Uh, one that I'm looking for the least would probably be... I'm going to exclude Droid Story because it's kind of different. Yeah. I don't know. Obi-Wan for me is... If they bring... Le- I, th- I think they're going to bring Liam Neeson back. That'll probably... I, mean, I, I think Andor for me, I just... I don't know how much story there is to be told there, but I think it could still be great. Or Lando. But Lando's sort of a dark horse for me because the more I watch uh, Solo, the more I enjoy it. So... And then the, most, the one I'm looking forward to the most... I, Probably Mandalorian season three, or, or so. Mm. What are you, Corey? So for me, the one I'm looking forward to the least, I think, uh, like I said, the Bad Batch. Uh, again, I, it's not my genre. The rest of these, I could see myself uh, getting more into. Where again, I don't think that the Bad Batch will be bad, but it's not something that's exciting me going into it. The one that I'm looking forward to the most is actually Acolyte. Uh, yeah. That- that's a good call where the just mystery thriller there mm-hmm. that's something that i feel like i would enjoy and i also think it's something that dana will really enjoy uh so when i mentioned andor and acolyte to her and kind of the genres of those uh mm-hmm. she was kind of on board with that and so my girlfriend i have made her watch every star wars movie except for so far we haven't watched rise of skywalker um mm-hmm. but she she watches the mandalorian she's fine with it i don't think it's her favorite thing in the world i think she actually does enjoy it a lot more than some of the movies mm-hmm. um but like i could see both of us really enjoying acolyte uh and i feel like as far as the dark horse goes for shows for a show that i'm not sure i'll in, or for something that could end up being my favorite of the batch for me would be rangers of the new republic depending on mm-hmm. what direction that goes but I think for picking a dark horse, as in like what people might really get behind, I'm going to go with Acolyte again. Yeah, that's a really good call. The thing that I think people have really, or has really resonated with people with new Star Wars has tended to be the stuff where there isn't a prior expectation of what, or like anything that's in any way changed by nostalgia, where I think The Mandalorian is the key or is the best example of that, where there was nothing to mm-hmm. really expect going in other than an idea of what a Mandalorian was. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't any other characters that the people felt were or could be or could be perceived as mishandled. Uh, that I feel like no matter what happened with the sequel trilogy, people there would have been some element of that response. Mm-hmm. And when stuff gets introduced on its own, it's tended to be pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there were elements of like Rogue One that have had that response. And uh, and I think Acolyte is kind of that in a series again, like what we got with Mandalorian originally. So I think that this is something that people won't necessarily be looking forward to. But once it comes out, if it's as if it's as good individually as the Mandalorian has been. I think mm-hmm. the premise is something that is still connected but detached enough that mm. it will be pretty widely liked. 
bang on. I think you're yeah, no, bang you're, on, you're, on that I think one. I think you nailed it. Uh, it. For me, it's just we don't you just don't know anything about it. But I, I think you're 100 right. Well, that's me, part though, that's part of what makes me think that because like Kenobi, maybe it'll be really good, but it could also clash with what people's expectations are. Whereas something that has mm-hmm. no expectations, and that's something you could say with all of these, uh, with Ahsoka, with Kenobi, with Bad Batch, with Lando. Uh, and Acolyte has none of that going in, so it's this fresh slate that Mandalorian was using Star Wars as just kind of like a set piece and building around some other stuff you know. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I'm, I'm still going to say, though, none of them will come close to Rogue Squadron for me in terms of excitement. <laughs> that's why uh, That's why I left it out of the running. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on and talk about Mando, unless anybody's got any final thoughts. None for me. Okay. So, uh, one quick question: Rogue Squadron or Taika's movie? Uh, Rogue Squadron. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's a hard question. I I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was getting Guardians of the Galaxy vibes, <laughs> but we'll see. I whatever the 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 look of the giant, like whatever, whether it's the Mortis monolith or something else, and the logo kind of got me excited. Hmm. But yeah, Charlie. Starfighters uh, or uh, Thor three. I hated Thor, or Thor three as well. I don't watch any Marvel films apart from Avengers. Useless okay. question for me. Hey, yeah, oh, no. I really didn't like Thor three. Uh, Thor three as well. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like the wackier Marvel movies except for Ant Man. But anyway, let's talk about the newest episode of The Mandalorian. That was Chapter fifteen. It was called. The Believer, right? Uh, yes. Episode seven of season two. Uh, pretty. So basically, the the general idea is the Mandalorian is tracing Moff Gideon or trying to trace Moff Gideon's flagship, his weird architects type thing, and he's looking for what's his name in the show again? Uh, shit. How do I not remember it right now? Bilber. <laughs> Bilber. Yeah, he's lo- he's looking for Bilber. Um who was an ex-imperial and who he believes can help them track down the location of, I don't know what they're doing, whether they're tracking down his home base or what it is, but yeah. So they go to a planet, they fight their way in, they get access to a computer, they fight their way out. And that's the kind of high level Mayfield. Yeah. Mayfield. That's kind of the high level uh, summary of what happened. Hmm. Yeah. I do like the idea that uh, they, they went to get Mayfeld because he was ex-Imperial. And then uh, when they get to uh, Morak, they're standing outside. He's talking about how they're going to get into the facility. And he's like, no, you can't go because they'll scan your DNA. They'll know you. She's like, well, you sure know a lot about Imperial remnants as if this is like not the reason they fucking picked him yeah. up in the first place. <laughs> like, Kara, fuck. True. That is true. Um I also like that he is the only ex-imperial they could think of. Yeah, <laughs> like they've got to know someone else. Republic capital ship. There's got to be like three on there at least. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, how when when they're trying to figure out who's going to go, Boba's like, "Yeah, I think they'll recognize my face." <laughs> yeah, that was, there were a few <laughs> good. Uh, one hundred million here. of me out in the galaxy. Yeah, for sure. I really um, enjoy uh, the writing in this episode, and I think that's been the case with his previous episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so. I love him. I I I'm, I love Boba Fett. I think he's such a 
really cool character and I'm, I, I'm gutted that he didn't get more screen time this episode i think yeah i think they're actually doing a good job with him i was a little worried mm. but but they've been but it's also for me been kind of nice to get back to a more standard mandalorian episode I, in hindsight especially i do like that the last two were different in tone and style especially dave filoni's was kind of like that samurai movie it was shot pretty differently and then the last one is even more so i guess so it's kind of nice to get back to it just uh there were still lots of interesting character developments in this one especially mm-hmm. with the mandalorian and with mayfeld but it was it was more there weren't any kind of greater connections to the overall universe like they weren't teasing luke skywalker or whatever which i, I, think was nice. I disagree really there weren't connections to the characters, but there was a lot here that was like tying in uh, or at least kind of explaining the connection between uh, some of these groups and broader events. Like we got right. Mayfell talking to Hess about uh, Burning Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got like all the o- Operation Cinder talk. Uh, they talk yeah, about but... like... Go ahead. I was going to say those aren't hinting at new plot threads or shows no not really new, meant. new threads yeah but yeah connections to the broad like, universe but not yeah i, I not should have stated threads. that better like we're not getting a new ahsoka character or a new right. whoever character a new boba fett introduced today like that, that is what i meant to say like there's no big surprises that people are going to be talking about for right weeks, you know yeah like this episode was one that i wasn't really looking forward to after last week because I didn't really think Mayfeld was a, like so compelling a character. They needed to bring him back. But I really liked how he was handled here, mm-hmm. uh, where you do get the conversation between him and Dane on the way in, where he's saying, like, mm-hmm. oh, to all these people, man- or Mandalorians would have the same beliefs as someone on Alderaan, except the fact mm-hmm. that they're both dead. Uh, <laughs> which, like, ouch. But I obviously the whole uh, both sides are bad thing is bullshit, but it's also... Like, if you take that in context of what he does later, it's kind of like him trying to justify to himself what he did mm-hmm. uh, or what he had done. Yeah, And sure. uh, kind of showing the effect that this stuff mm-hmm. has on everyday people, which isn't really something that a lot of Star Wars ends up caring about. Uh, and I like I was thinking when they were driving in on those juggernauts, the the pirates that were attacking them were those pirates or were those just people I from mean, the planet who were yeah i'm not convinced they're pirates and if you note, know, they're not trying to steal the yeah like they're trying to blow it up like i don't think they were pirates i think they were trying to sabotage the empire's operation like you're a pirate you're presumably stealing something they were destroying the entire convoy yeah uh, i, I, I want to go back to the point of cory made and stuff first off i, I want to put it out there you guys might hate me for it. I thought this was one of the weakest episodes of the season. That's fine. Um, I uh, I didn't enjoy it that much. Mayfield was the best character of this show, uh, of that uh, episode. Um, and uh, and I think they took a very boring character and made, and made him a bit more three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, you, you dismissed the uh, the concept of of him talking about how the New Republic and the Empire are the same i think there's a lot of weight to what he said in that and i that's one topic that i took i took away quite a from the episode 
in the in the statement of it doesn't matter if you're empire or new republic these people see you as uh planet invaders mm-hmm. uh that that have their way of life and it didn't need to be altered um and i i thought that was it's it's a really good uh, viewpoint of like you, you know the whole muddying of who's good who's bad sort of thing which i i really like i really well, like i wasn't uh, dismissing it like there's still a valid point there of like what happens to people but i think you have to contrast that with what valen hess says later mm-hmm. and you do end up seeing that there is a difference even if the end result is that people are still getting hurt uh um, yeah and that like it's only the empire with stormtroopers it's only the empire who tortures people the new republic they they people get hurt through an action sometimes but they're not objectively evil like the empire is like hmm. I, I like the idea because it's on the uh, essentially it, it 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 tries to um it tries to give different viewpoints because i think having mm-hmm. like a good guys and a bad guys thing can get very boring fast well you uh, can have good guys and bad guys and where the the good guys sometimes do bad things but you can still have an idea that like the the core tenets of what makes up the empire are still wrong and mm. the actions they're willing to take are still wrong is like there's a difference between possibly the inaction of the new republic and the fact that people did get hurt during the rebellion by rebel mm. soldiers and they did take actions that were uh like if you look at saga like this is something that's always existed in especially the new canon with Sagarera's group versus mon mothma's especially or even the idea of like what we're probably going to see in cassian's show mm-hmm. where cassian andor was part of a rebel cell that was involved in a lot of actions that would be very damaging and uh, very bad for a lot of people but then on the other side you also have with the empire the wanton destruction of even loyalist areas in order to weaken what the new republic could be taking mm-hmm. or uh, not even that sponsored slavery or for fun <laughs> yeah. uh, Tarkin landing a victory star destroyer on people uh, <laughs> pretty epic to state be sponsored slavery of entire species genocide I, I think, of entire species I, I think you're missing the point that I'm trying to trying to make I'm not trying to make the empire look good here I'm just saying that um that it's an interesting take from people who see both sides as bad mm-hmm. um, rather than trying to make the em- empire. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say, oh, fascism is uh, not a bad guy. You know, it's, oh, it's got its <laughs> positives. No, I'm not trying to make that point. I'm just trying to say that it was it was an interesting take, which um, I, I'm glad that, that uh, Mayfield, which was once a very boring character, yeah. made such yeah. a, uh, a a take that none of these other characters that we've been following would have had, you know? Um, yeah. And I think part of it too, is the fact that he is kind of in denial and it's something similar to what, what you get in alphabet squadron. I know I'm sure you haven't read that Charlie, but that's basically dealing with a former Imperial, at least former for a while, who's kind of wondering why didn't I get out sooner? And like, mm. why did I do all these things? Like I like all of my, most of my friends are a lot of my friends are good people. We all kind of did these things that we shouldn't have done. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some interesting discussions to be had there and that's kind of like the whole, that ties in closely to Operation Cinder too, which was mentioned, uh, in this episode, which was kind of cool. Operation Cinder, for those who don't know, is basically the Empire just said, just said GG no re and like blew up a bunch of their own planets and shit after they started losing. 
just kind of at a spite really to test who would do it yeah um, and it seems like that is kind of what puts uh mayfeld over the edge like he was active in operation cinder and when mm-hmm. they're at the lunch table he like he despite the fact that they're undercover in an imperial base he's faced with his former superior officer and he can't help but bring mm-hmm. up like oh so what we did on burning con was and this was this is a relatively minor planet uh, that I believe is like a, a small mining settlement. Yeah, and, I'd never heard of it before, but I guess uh, it existed. <laughs> yeah, and you have Mayfell's takeaway from it, which is that, oh shit, what we did was actually horrible and unnecessary. And then you have Hess, who kind of went the opposite way of... Uh, is that... What's her name in Alphabet Squadron? Chaz? Or... Wait, hold on. Chaz Nashatic? No. Oh, you mean um Chaff? No, what's her name Whatever. again? Um Yeah. No, not Chas. Uh no, the I main know. character. Not... What's her oh, name? How again? do I, um... I book, but I can't remember. Either way, uh you have Mayfeld kind of going the direction that she does. Oh, Erica Quell. Quell. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, I forget uh, her name. yeah. Where like she's kind of taking the direction that Mayfeld does. And mm-hmm. even she is like kind of thinking, like, well, maybe I should have, maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, maybe I should have got out sooner. And the fact that I didn't get out sooner, uh, now I feel like I'm stuck in this. And then her commander, you kind of get the same idea where he's still kind of in it, uh, but he told her to get out. Uh, but here you have the absolute flip side of it with Valen Hess, uh, who is like, basically like, epic. yeah, this is, this is how we make our victory. Uh, I got to break some eggs to make an omelet. And I really don't think... It was a coincidence that his name was what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad, too, to think about the fact that he got left behind as well. He didn't get to go with the rest of the Empire when they were leaving to run away. And yeah, he wasn't He wasn't epic. He was willing to go through with this, but he wasn't epic enough to go into making the First Order. I gotta say, I, I feel like Bill Burr is probably one of the better, maybe the best uh, kind of one-off side characters this episode like i thought he nailed mm. it he showed off his acting chops i thought which i didn't i didn't know um but yeah he showed some range i thought he was kind of doing a good job of kind of he's clearly got these issues under the surface that i wasn't expecting when the episode started yeah uh it's kind of one of the reasons why i feel like i'm starting to like it more now that we talk about it um yeah and i another thing that made me kind of like this episode more than the previous one uh is the uh kind of like the set design the environments compared mm-hmm. to what we got with tython especially when we had yeah when i had expectations going to tython mm-hmm. that uh i like i i didn't yeah. hate it but i wasn't really like for so many of the episodes this season this one including there was an element of like oh look at how cool this location is uh mm-hmm. whereas last time which is like going to a place that is so established it was just like, oh, this is a hill they're going to fight on for a bit. And I like I liked yeah. both of the locations we got here. And mm-hmm. like the second one, Morak was a bit more generic until you get to the refinery. But mm-hmm. uh, the refinery but, was awesome. Yeah, the refinery was great. The damn part of it was great when they were going along the side. It uh, reminded me of uh, that level from Halo 3. Uh, yeah. At the very the first level when you go rescue Sergeant Johnson from the Brutes. Reminded me of that, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's I guess that, I think that's kind of what I meant earlier when I was saying like tonally and like visually, this was a lot more similar to a traditional Mandalorian episode mm-hmm. versus especially the like 
kind of on the fly shooting of the last one. So that was nice. I I think the reason this was one of my most least enjoyed episodes was because I think I'm a little bit spoiled from season two just because of how good it's been for me in the mm -hmm. sense that ev I've mentioned in the previous two episodes, every couple of episodes, it's been next bump to what's the next big thing here. Mm -hmm. So first it was Mando trying to find another Mandalorian and that intensity of finding one of his own. And then it was leading up to finding a Jedi. Um, and then that being Ahsoka, which was really, really cool. Um, and then and then finding um, and then hearing about Thrawn and the idea of what Thrawn could be, the, the dark troopers and the the mysterious lab and what they're working on. All of these things were in separate episodes, not always in one. And that always kept me going to like the next big hit, you know, on what this series is going to bring. And this one didn't deliver it. I know there was a scene that you'll probably want to cover in a second about the, the helmet removal. It didn't hit, it didn't, it was like, you know, like, yeah, it didn't really resonate with me much. But I think a lot more hardcore Star Wars fans are going to absolutely love this episode anyway. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand what, what you're saying. It's just, for me, I kind of, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think we just kind of feel differently about it. I, yeah, yeah. I like the fact that the show kind of has its moments of like rising action or whatever else. And then it, has these other moments where because to me like if every episode had those big reveals i feel like the reveals would be a little less noteworthy and like this season's had so much in it you know what i mean like it's <laughs> had and we you know we, we still probably have another big reveal for the finale like but I, I i get what you're saying too because at the end i was like okay what are we getting here at the end there's going to be something that you know like the the article headline for the next week you know the luke skywalker featured or whatever else but Looking back, I'm kind of happy we didn't get it, but I can understand why some people felt that was disappointing after how this season has sort of been so far. Yeah, like that's one of the reasons that I've liked it, liked this episode as much as I did because it was because I was kind of worried about how much would like uh, Boba kind of take over it, and I feel like he played a good role, but he he wasn't like stealing the spotlight, and the most that he kind of did was towards the end with Slave One killing the the two Tie Fighters, which I was like kind of mm -hmm. giggling yeah because i was as soon as he's like as <laughs> yeah, soon as the tie did. fighters are coming up, i was like is he gonna do it is he gonna do like, it is he gonna do it oh, he did it <laughs> yeah that that was probably my favorite moment and you can call that fan service if you want but like no that is it, setting up a thing we know it can do and then exactly. executing it properly exactly like that was probably my favorite moment of fan service that we've gotten one of my favorite moments of fan service this season just because like that scene is like just pure like star wars because it's stupid like why does the sound all stop i don't know especially when they're in space like <laughs> it's just so cool that like you can't help but smile and like i still remember seeing that scene in the theaters for the first time so yeah like that, that, this is the scene where he destroys the two tie fighters sorry yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did go holy shit when i saw that so do you know like no <laughs> basically I, I the exact same thing happens in episode two where one of the first times we see uh slave one uh it's in geonosis right. with obi-wan and then he uses the mm. seismic charge and then it was also a big thing in like rogue squadron where you could fly as slave one and you could drop those charges i think the a-wings could do it in that as well but oh and in your mod as well uh it, well yeah. in in empire war base game yeah it's uh it's a base game thing as well oh was it really oh okay. yeah 
So it's like it's a very established thing, and it was like as soon as Slave One is flying away from something, it's like yeah, do it, do it, do it. The, the second they go behind the ship, it, it's like and that's if I were to put money on one thing happening. This episode, I talked about this in a video I did during the week because having Slave One is a really big change for the Mandalorian because that ship mm. is actually that ship can fuck like <laughs> like the Razor the Razor Crest, and I understand you want to talk about this too, Corey. Take me to ta- yes. take me a task on it. The Razor Crest, it couldn't fuck. It was impotent. It had two guns. They only pointed forward. Not great. Slave One can bang it on those TIE fighters. Like, and it's I, got a lot I, more than just that. I can confirm this because I, I was talking to Justin about an episode on X2 where I'd be like, let's do an episode about was the Razor Crest was in Squadrons. And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, that would be very boring. <laughs> Every ship is better than it in the game. <laughs> See, I'm I'm fine with saying Slave One is better than Razor Crest. There are two things that I think are unforgivable that you have said. Right. One is that it's Go ugly, ahead. and I don't think it's ugly. I think it looks like a slightly shittier version of Serenity. Slightly. Serenity's still... ugly too. None of this get out of here with this shit. But Do you I'm... Okay, like Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. The I'm the most before you yell at me, you need to know the other element that you're wrong on, which okay. is like the most unforgivable thing is that you okay. said even Slave Fucking Two looks better than it. Okay. The Razor Crest looks ridiculous. Like those two Mickey Mouse ears on the thing. Like it's just not a sexy ship. It looks okay when it's landed. Looks okay you don't have landed. to want to bang a ship for it to be a good-looking ship. I'm talking about sexy from a starship perspective, not what I want to bang, Corey. Like, there are versions of the Razor Crest, like, art, where it's a bit more angular on the front where it looks cool. But, like, it's just so round, and it just looks like a fucking tugboat. But like... compared to Slave 2? Okay, uh, listen... I will, I understand. I'm not going to argue for Slave 2 because a lot of people don't like that ship. I totally get it. But I, I always like asymmetrical ships in Star Wars. Uh, I think that ship doesn't always look cool if you just Google it. But if you, if, if, if you, I, I'm not talking about you because I, because we've read Dark Empire. I think in Dark Empire, that ship looks pretty cool. Um, I think they could make changes to it as well. But, uh, but yeah. My it's, thought. It's like a cro- it's like a close in of a of a doorstop. That's what Slave yeah. Two looks like. I mean, Corey, you're being reductive. I I could call like the the Mandal or sorry the Razor Crest looks like a hot dog with Mickey Mouse ears. Like yeah, that's at least interesting. <laughs> oh Slave God. Two Slave Two looks like I'm not being reductive. There are three parts to that ship. There's a little <laughs> flat thing on the bottom. There's the standy uppy bit, and there's the little connecting thing. And okay. that's that's it. And it's it's ugly. It's boring. Yes, it's asymmetrical, but it's stupid and asymmetrical. Okay, the, the, my main problem with the Razor Crest is that it's not far from being a really cool ship, but it's just it's not there for me. Like, it's it's fuselage, I guess, or its body is just so boring. It's just like I I, I get that it's what's the what's the ship it's supposed to look like again? The or the the real life aircraft. Um, what's it called again? Uh, Razor Crest, real world, the bird one. Yeah, what's it? What's it called again? Um, well, like Albatross? my main problem. My main problem is that it needs to be wider. I think, given how 
like it needs wings or something i just feel like because the way it is right now i just i just don't like it it's like is it the warthog it was it was meant to look like um warthog fighter sort of but like and the warthog looks cool because it's got those big long wings and it's got that the kind of the, the the rear section that's wide it's just even the lat like people are like how do you like the people are like you like the lat but you don't like the razor crest well the lat has those wings that kind of pulls it all together if the lat was just the lat without those wings and the big engines on the top it would look hella stupid do you just not like engines like giant engine pods is that no because i like the x-wing um, but that has wings that are extending past the engine pods I'm trying to think of another ship that is that has like the large engine pods without the wings going beyond that, or where the engine pods are most of the wings. Uh, um, do you like uh, Jaster's Legacy? No, I don't like Jaster's Legacy at all. I think I think that ship also looks. See, really I think good that too. is what Razor's Crest would look like if it looked dumb. I think Razor's Crest is not my favorite ship, but I think it is moderately cool. And I think the idea that Slave 2 in particular looks better than it or would be better than it is, mm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you because it's, a, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you and I'm not going to say you're <laughs> wrong, but uh, I, I think that a ship like Slave 2 would look really cool in live action if it was made very angular and very like metallic, um, I think you can make a real deadly looking ship and I think part of the Razor Crest or sorry, part of Slave 2's problems is it's never really had the proper representation it deserves. Hmm. So we are starting the uh hashtag justice for Slave 2? Like the Y Wing. The Y Wing is a good example. The Y Wing is all engine pod, but the way that ship is kind of designed, it makes sense because there's like a better proportion the size proportions between the engine pod and the fuselage work a lot better than something like the Razor Crest, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Well, I hope that was enough of an argument to bump up our our uh, our stats. For <laughs> I couldn't. Con I could not contribute to that conversation in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's like, I hate when mom and dad fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I was just sitting there eating my Oreo chocolates just listening going jesus <laughs> yeah i think part of my Passionate. problem with the razor crest as well is just how i don't like how deep it is you know what i mean um huh. you gotta live in it i i, I, I actually yeah, no I, I i'm really disappointed because in the in the minecraft uh pack that you can buy uh uh that has the rate uh, the star wars minecraft pack there was a kitchen area in that uh razor crest uh that was just opposite of the cockpit and not once in all two seasons have we seen that room in the mandalorian we and did honestly, see it we I'm, saw it strewn around the floor on typhon i'm i've got it i'm <laughs> i'm actually yeah. really kind of disappointed with what you know disney's doing with that like why would you make a ship of that size and not give us the full room tour there's no behind the scenes there was nothing you like, want the, you want din's episode of mtv cribs yeah absolutely and i think they were absolutely completely missing out on I something mean, you got like that it was area. it was in minecraft yeah like i don't know what you i mean we still haven't really gotten to walk through the money falcon properly yeah partially because it can't really exist 
based on my understanding. <laughs> but I see, I see. Well, you know, if you if you think looking at the kit, uh, Mando's kitchen in 140p, then then that's on you, my man, not on me. <laughs> I really just want to know how the artificial gravity in Slave One works. Like, yeah, is the ship was... is the living quarters or main area of the ship supposed to always orient back, and then it's always kind of like going up perpendicular? to sit mm. in the in the cockpit and you're always kind of like off center there or does it adjust there's so many questions after seeing well, there was it. that that yeah that interesting shot where it's like kind of rotating around uh like you can see the ship rotating around i don't know i i don't understand how that works <laughs> to be to be frank it's, it's very strange yeah these That's are cool. these are all questions that i hope will be answered in the mandalorian i still uh, want the answer for that uh, well i guess we got the answer but i still find it funny the the turrets from the Millennium Falcon how they just like gravity switch when they go through those because the turrets are like they point up and down but like when they sit in them it's like you're you're perpendicular with the with the deck plan yeah you uh... climb you climb up a ladder then the ladder's be behind you anyway um yeah so uh din takes off his uh his helmet again here because uh because mayfeld is getting some ptsd there yeah and then he ends up being fine going up and confronting the guy later but it it does at least show that like this is whereas his identity before was entirely tied up in being mandalorian now he has found this thing that is taking more precedence over Mm -hmm. uh maintaining those things and I, i a little contrived but i didn't hate it no i didn't hate it either um and this is kind of what you were talking about if you episodes ago with he's kind of figuring out the limits of what is it what does it mean to be mandalorian does he really need to do this don't take off your helmet bullshit when like it's it's his it's his son basically yeah against like is it thought it's not worth following your your bullshit like din is the only good father in in all of star wars pretty much besides <laughs> besides bail organa no honestly no that, on, you're right on screen besides bail organa and bail organa isn't even a good father on screen besides for two minutes in or 30 seconds in revenge of the sith there are no good fathers so as a dad it's actually nice to see like a very positive father-child relationship in the show yeah like and, even han and leia in the books where it's like mm-hmm. jaina and jason confront or jaina specifically confronts leia but like Actually, you were kind of terrible parents, and Leia's like, "Yes, well, I just love my job more than you." Um, well, yeah, well, one of you made it, didn't you? What are you complaining about? <laughs> hey, Jason was Jason was like in his thirties. That's true. Fair enough. Django is not a, a bad dad. That's a good point. That yeah. Django is actually a good point. But um, but Boba had to dig his head out of that helmet. Yeah, kind of nasty. Um. Yeah. If my dad, when I was 10, got killed wearing a helmet, and maybe that helmet's important to me, but mm-hmm. I would not, I don't see a world where I, where I dig out his head it's from that helmet nasty. and yeah. think, I'm going to wear this for the rest of my life. Yeah, well, Boba's built different. <laughs> That's, it's just, it's something. He had new armor. Well, he he had cleaned up armor. Yeah, in he cleaned up his armor. I thought it looked I, good. I had a few uh, comments on my recap video of it saying like, "Oh, they did something weird to it." But like, yeah, it was the idea was just like between episodes, Boba gave mm-hmm. her a fresh coat of paint. There, I did think he looked kind of cartoony 
for part well, of it. We've never but... seen his armor look like that. Because yeah. like in the original trilogy, it's all beat up, and I assume it's gonna take on some scratches as we go along. Well, Django, when he had it, it did look a bit more metallic than it does here. Mm-hmm. It looks like Boba only had like uh, standard latex paint that he just slathered on it. Like, okay, where... we got to stop at Coruscant. We got to stop at Corellia. Yeah, that's where the that's where the good Michaels is. <laughs> but uh, I guess talking about uh, Din as a father, we do get he gets the location of Gideon, and he's, so he's able to send him a message. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down the text of it. Uh, He's going to read the thing room taken. I'm almost certain. I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want. (laughs) If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people Mm -hmm. like you. If you let my baby Yoda go now, that will be the end of it. (laughs) I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. So as Justin <laughs> predicted, I did have that pulled up to read. I've got a question. I just thought of. Okay. Does man does Mando call Bo Katan and be like, I found him? Next episode? Yes, yes, that's hundred percent gonna happen. Yeah. 100%. Actually, yeah. no. Well no, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that that's who she's looking for because she was very specifically oh, going yeah, out of her way right. to not yeah. fucking say his name on the off you're chance right. that that would give away part of the plot. It's like in the Clone Wars how like Grievous and Anakin have to go their whole fucking every episode not seeing each other so Anakin can say in Revenge of the Sith you're taller than I or you're shorter than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just had like Anakin throughout every season of the men of uh the Clone Wars for whatever reason like there's they just contrive something so that he's on stilts whenever he sees Grievous. <laughs> you're taller than I was led to believe on previous occasions. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing my heels. <laughs> Mm. but i did I, like his his uh little monologue at the end because obviously they in yeah. their previous yeah, episode the one i just read they showed the first one <laughs> well i mean like they, they, they showed the the one that uh moff gideon said in the recap and then just so they could set it up for his own monologue at the end which was yeah, yeah. uh which was a bit of a fist pump moment for me really that was actually my one of my most favorite moments of that episode um I just, yeah, I just wish that this episode was actually like a two-part of finale instead of it all being slammed into to one. But yeah, I'm really hoping the the last episode will be closer, at least to the hour mark, uh, yeah. where a lot of the episodes this season have been quite short, actually, like a run, t- an active runtime of maybe like 30 minutes on the yeah. high end. Uh, yeah. We had one episode that was, I think, 38 minutes in actual runtime, not counting like the credits. And the con- like, I love the concept art at the end. I'm not saying get rid of the concept art, but no. maybe throw some more show before that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the end part too. I mean, I was kind of wondering, like, is that wise? Like, what if he just got the location for Gideon's cruiser right now and he's just gonna fly away? But uh, I mean, I I don't know. It's like I like the he he said like you don't know how much he means to me or whatever. I was like, oh, that's that's like the sweetest thing he's ever said. You combine that with the taking the helmet off, like he's coming a long way um yeah with the, maybe because maybe because the child's gone and this was by the way the first episode that grogu wasn't in at all because even the end of season one or episode one he's in there for a smidgen so yeah and i did like the mention of tanab tanab yellow Aces, uh definitely gonna come in in the rogue squadron movie with a 60 or 70 year old west jansen <laughs> uh <laughs> do you think Gen- general saw him at like 100 and 
Well, he wouldn't be 100, but he'd be like in his 80s probably. Let's get him in there. Yeah. Uh, but... um, go ahead. I was going to say also like the... I wanted to talk about the fight scenes as well because I thought they were right. much, much better in this episode. The, the, the combat in last episode especially was very kind of boring for me. It was like, squadrons of stormtroopers rush in the hill. Bet you we'll shoot them seconds before they shoot us. Um, no, uh, they did shoot Din quite a bit. Yeah. But the fight in this was, I thought, much more kind of thoughtful. Especially, I thought it was cool how Din lost his armor, but he was trying to do his old moves. He, like, tries to put a block up with his uh, with his forearm, and he just it just, like, shatters his armor there because <laughs> he doesn't have the best guard. Yeah. And we did get that... This isn't combat, but, like, we did get that, that line that was kind of, like, played as a joke, but kind of serious of, like... So is the is the idea that you can't take your helmet off or you can't show your face because those are two different things. <laughs> but like actually, but, yeah. <laughs> those are different things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like I actually I enjoyed the combat last time. I thought it was still fun, but uh yeah, fair enough. I it was just there was so much of it and that was kind of like mm-hmm. all I could really think of for the episode whereas this uh it was a bit more contained so it did feel a little bit punchier. Mhm. No, totally. And part of the problem the last episode is apparently the script that John Favreau wrote was only 13 minutes long. <laughs> so they're Whoa. like, well, fuck, let's get some stormtroopers <laughs> in here, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, are you serious, mate? Long <laughs> <laughs> sit down on the table. <laughs> what the fuck? This is, this is a piece of loose leaf. It just says, baby Yoda, go. Baby Yoda, go the first page just says baby yoda gone and the next 12 are just a flip book of him going away <laughs> baby yoda scary robot sad face <laughs> baby yoda go bye bye me laugh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh yeah i guess do you guys uh charlie in particular do you have any thoughts on how they're gonna wrap this up this season like do you think he's getting grogu back this season uh, do you think it kind of ends the Gideon arc? What is, What are your thoughts on what we're going to get next week? Mm, I don't think they're going to resolve this all in one episode. Um, mm. I think this is going to be a bit of a cliffhanger for season three. Uh, and I think there, I think, I mean, I would, on my uh, first assumption was before the announcements yesterday was that Moff Gideon was going to fail and then Thrawn enters the fray as a bigger foe uh, to overcome. Now, uh, I'm not too sure. I still hope it would still be a bit of a cliffhanger because I really don't know where they could... I mean, like, I guess they can go on with the the Jedi path with Grogu. But maybe, maybe it won't be Thrawn. Maybe the Jedi from that has been called will appear as the finale instead of Thrawn. Um, so I think that might be the cliffhanger. But, uh, otherwise, I don't know. I think it it would be wrapped up too quickly. I hate finales that wrap up so fast that you can't yeah. even keep up. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. What about you yeah. guys? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I think he'll probably get Grogu back, but I don't think the Gideon threat will be finished. But I can definitely see them not getting him back as well. But... I don't know. I, I miss him already. I'm looking Sorry. forward to the first time he sees the Mandalorian's face now as well after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, why else are we watching the Baby Yoda show? 
Let them hug for fuck's sake. Like, come on. I need my emotional release here. Don't hug your own you selfish bugger. <laughs> I do. All the time. Like oh. I think we'll get Grogu back and I think uh Gideon will have gotten what he needs from Grogu. Uh because like once he has however much blood he needs, then it's like there there's no real reason for him to chase down Baby Yoda if they do get him back. Uh, but we'll now have a reason for them to actively pursue Gideon, either in revenge or to stop him from being a uh, Force-sensitive evil dude. Uh, and I think that'll be kind of how we get Bo-Katan back into it for next season. But uh, but yeah. Or uh, Mando just fucks off. And uh, him and the baby... Yoda... I like the idea that the Mando's like, touching on these big galactic events and is just like, nah. He's like, like, do you help us retake Mandalore? He's like, no. Yeah, we've got I'm to glad. look at a house this afternoon <laughs> I, I'm glad I, I really I really don't want Mandalorian to become too big for his goddamn boots mm-hmm. I, uh, I want to keep it small scale you know that's where the yeah. fun is well I think that's a good place to end it we'll probably do when we do the finale we'll have to probably schedule away some extra time eh Corey and we'll cover all the emails we've gotten yeah, so we'll we'll do the finale. We'll talk. We'll try to cover the emails uh, next next week. Uh, so, Charlie, you've been a great guest for these last three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have acquitted yourself with with uh, without fan fiction, and mm. yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it's a shame I won't be able to discuss the finale with you guys. But oh, you I... will, but. We just probably won't record all of it. Gotcha. Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's definitely made watching Mandalorian a lot more fun. Oh. Well, guys, uh, let us know. Give us your feedback on Charlie. We've gotten a lot of negative stuff so far, so it's nice to get some positive ones. (laughs) A lot of overwhelming negativity. We'll definitely have you back on uh, for, for uh, for some of the other shows that we've got coming up that have been announced uh, for... Uh, a recap, a, a revisiting of *Heir to the Empire*. If you ever do read the book, so we can have a fresh take on it. But it, it seems like that's unlikely at this point that you're ever <laughs> going to finish or you're ever going to start that book, let alone finish it. I've got um, it downloaded. I've got it downloaded. I I've been busy boy. Because that was Truly what July the, that we the we started talking journeys about. Journeys begin with the smallest steps. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the deal, the 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 additional deal was that Justin would play league but i don't really want him to play league <laughs> i think those are separate things weren't they no uh, it was charlie would read the book well, and then let's just break it i ain't trying to play no league let's be honest i don't want you to i'd, I'd really you'd hate me uh, and Corey for introducing you to it sounds mm. good it's really not worth it it's a crap game <laughs> all, all right. right guys uh don't forget you can send your emails to us which we will get to eventually i promise Next cap, week, cap transmissions at gmail. Unless we do just next week, we do Mandalorian, and the week after, we do uh, mailbag. Could be a good idea. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Also, make sure to. I haven't seen oh, any really. Ju- Never mind. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any really, really juicy uh, podcast reviews yet, guys. And to be honest, those are some of the only things that help me through the day. That's uh. So go to whatever iTunes, leave a, a very epic review for the podcast, make it five stars. 
and yeah you mentioned charlie say something about guest host charlie you can say whatever you want just give it a good rating <laughs> to everyone in the rating type uh 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 i kissed my dad for you charlie <laughs> all right well that's gonna do it for the episode thank you for listening everyone and we'll be back with more mandalorian to close out the season and i swear we will answer those questions justin wasn't lying there <laughs>